0: Talking about the Packers clinching the playoffs, uh, six oh eight three two one sixteen seventy. We put this poll uh, out there as well. What are you more stunned by, waking up this morning? The Packers are at eleven and three and have clinched the playoffs, or the Bucks winning an eighteenth game in a row over the weekend? They go for nineteen in a row tonight. I mean, both really, when you look at it on their own merits, are, are pretty incredible accomplishments. Um, from Matt Lafleur, the first-year head coach, that a lot of people didn't really understand. The hiring kind of came out of right field. Um, you know, you had two straight losing seasons. Uh, you had massive uh, holes on both sides of the football, and yet here they are, eleven and three, with two weeks to go. With you know, I would say a very good shot of getting home field advantage, or at worst, a first-round buy. The difference is the Bucs were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, did have the most wins in the NBA last year. But I don't think anybody really thought that they could maybe better last year. And certainly to, to go, I mean, you started out three and two, and you're like, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be fine, but there's going to be some bumps along the way. And then there has been no more bumps, right? Since that kind of a back-and-forth start, the Bucks have been incredible, obviously winning 18 in a row. Uh, I would say, just initially, would say winning is as great as the Packers have uh, have been. Um, winning 18 in a row is in any team in any sport in any season is almost impossible, right? To never have a bad night, to never have it where you know you're playing the back to back and you just don't have it, or one team everything lines up. I mean, that's that's almost unheard of. It's almost impossible in this day and age of sports to win 18 games in a row, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of win streaks for really solid quality teams in the NBA. Um, what did the Bucks lose? They just lost, what, Malcolm Brogdon, I guess? So losing Malcolm Brogdon, and there's a couple pieces here and there, but Malcolm Brogdon was the mainstay. Um, losing him was a concern, and now that Eric Bledsoe, well, I guess Eric Bledsoe didn't have a fractured leg before, you know, until this weekend. But anyways, they lost they lost Malcolm Brogdon. Everyone thought that, that he was the floor general that could kind of make the pace go for the Milwaukee Bucks. But what did the Packers lose? They lost everything for a coaching staff. Everything was brand new. You'd never seen a, a first-year head coach what have a winning record and get to the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. I already voted Packers in this poll to be 11-3 and three, uh, just because of history. Trends are your friends, right? It's never happened in Packers history, a first-year head coach to, A, make the playoffs, and B, win the amount of games that Matt LaFleur has won. So I already voted Packers on this one. Uh, the Bucks were already the best team in the NBA last True. year. And they return everyone but Malcolm Brogdon essentially, and you still had Giannis Adendicumo, the MVP. Um, hopefully, going back to back MVPs. I already voted Packers. easily, yeah, I mean, easily, I, easily? Okay. easily. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, six oh eight three two one sixteen seventy. I would think certainly for a, You know, if the Bucks end up going sixty five and seventeen, and they actually have more wins than last year, and they set you know a, a franchise record for wins then it's more of, okay, which season was more impressive, the Bucs or the Packers? And I would still be with you. I would say the Packers for a season because, like you said, the Bucs were bringing back the reigning MVP and had the best record. Um, So I would say certainly on a season vote, I would pick the Packers. And maybe it is even more to the Packers at this point. I'm just saying, man, 18 in a row and a couple of those games, Giannis did get the load management night off. Um, and there were times where they didn't win necessarily pretty. And like you mentioned, Friday night, I thought it was going to be done. I thought the, the, the party was over. I said, look, I mean, look, 17 in a row. That's still impressive. Like, it's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And, you know, there's 10 minutes left in that game. They're down 10. And then they up just bashing Memphis down the stretch. So to not ever, I mean... To, to not have a quarter, to not have a half, to not have a and just, you know, you could have easily in that spot on Friday night and been like, dude, we've won 16 in a row. Uh, who cares? Like, let's just mail it in the fourth quarter. We're going to be back home tonight or tomorrow night playing a bad team. Let's get out of here. And what do they do? They say, screw that. Let's find a way to win. And... I mean, man, it's tough for me not to vote the Bucks. 18 in a row with never having a night off—it's crazy. A, that's
1: what good teams in the NBA do, though. Is if you're a if you're a championship contending team, you find ways to win night in and night out. You don't give up games, and that's what Giannis Giannis and that staff doesn't do. That uh, they returned their head coach, Mike Budenholzer. They had one, you know. This is the second year of Mike Budenholzer. They get time to be more comfortable, get more in the system. Well, I always talk about how Giannis hasn't hasn't even peaked yet, so Giannis has continued to get better. You see it with this game. They had the most amount of wins in the NBA last year. They had the best team in the NBA last year from top to bottom. Um, and then the Bucs just lost, what, Malcolm Brogdon. The Packers had to re-gut everything. And you're coming off two terrible seasons. You're coming off Aaron Rodgers not looking that good uh, from last year. Still don't look the greatest, but they find ways to win. Um, it's it's definitely the Packers for me, hands down.
0: All right, Evo says. I I haven't voted yet. I, I I hear what he's. I mean, he makes a pretty good point. The East Nelson. is weak. Uh, but I, and I agree with that too. I just feel like eighteen is so hard to do, even if you are a great team with the Bucks are. And I don't have that night off. But I mean, look, the, there's no way I thought the Packers would be eleven and three, and with two weeks to go, have a 50-50 shot at home field advantage for the playoffs i mean that's insane so what which side of this do you come on
2: yeah i also fell on the Packers side i mean the bucks like Ebo was saying they were the favorite in the east for a lot of people going into this year they won the east last year they have one of the best players in the nba the east is weaker pretty much all the things we've already talked about plus in the nba other teams like to take nights off and we already know that the bucks are one of the deepest teams roster wise in the nba but the, yeah it's it's the packers for me Eleven and three. I think by all accounts, most people probably don't think they should probably even have about eight wins. They've gotten <laughs> quite quite lucky this year, but they're finding ways to win, and uh looks like they're a two-seed as of right now. We
1: haven't even seen the Bucs be lucky yet. We've just seen the Bucks be good.
2: Yeah, the the Packers have been lucky and a little good. The Bucks have just been good. Yeah. I'm more surprised by the Packers being eleven and three in the NFL than the Bucs. Being yeah, I,
0: I would definitely say that. I mean, to, to say which is more surprising, the start to the season, it would definitely say the Packers, no doubt. I mean, and I, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I'm just trying, not the Bucks record, because yeah, I thought the Bucs would be great to not have a loss in 18 in a row. Uh, to me, that's where I, I got to say which one is more impressive. Yeah, it's not even debatable. Uh, the Bucks 24 and three versus the Packers 11 and three which one is more impressive or stunning I would say it's the Packers just because of all the, the issues we listed the only question would be do you, do you still say as even though the Bucks are that much better to not have a night off in 18 is pretty impressive I mean look at it any any team you know pick the best sport and have a team that never has a night where it li- where it doesn't line up, it's almost unheard of. I mean, we got to start, like, what? Are, where, does, where does, if they win tonight, like, where does the longest streak go in history right now? Well, and you
1: look at... Yeah, I have that up. Right now the Bucks are tied for 11th in the longest streak in the history of the NBA. Um... They're tied with one, two, three, four, five. Six teams have done this before from the Rochester Royals to the, the 76ers or the Chicago Bulls. The longest streak ever is the Lakers at 33 in 1972. Wow. You know who ended their streak though? The Bucs. The Milwaukee Bucks on January 9th, 1972. Uh, second longest streak would be the Warriors twice in 2014, 15, 2015, 16. That was at 28. Uh, the Heat from 2012-2013 were at twenty-seven. The Rockets in 07 to 08 were at twenty-two. The Washington Capitals in the 40s, mm, 20. A good team. The Bucks tied for fifth with 20 in a row in 1970-71. That's when they won their championship. And they got the Lakers uh, in the 2000, Celtics in the 08-09 at 19, the Spurs at 19 and 2013-14, and the Atlanta Hawks at 19 in a row, 2014-15.
2: Six oh. Uh, they're not in the NBA, but uh, what are the Globe Trotters at for consecutive <laughs> wins? The undefeated. Never allows.
0: Nationals never. or the Generals never rolls up and got them just one night? I feel like maybe the Generals have. They gotta have one win. There's no. Ne- I mean, maybe. What if like the the Globe Trotters lot like their bags didn't make it. They lost their luggage and they had no gear and they had to forfeit a game or something like. The Generals never got one. Uh.
1: Let's see. Overall, the Globetrotters had defeated the Generals over sixteen thousand times in their combined history. I'm trying to find if they got a win.
0: I just give the Washington Generals credit. They keep coming back. I mean, if I'm owing sixteen thousand, I, I think I'd quit after. Do you think the
1: Washington Generals are the the world's worst professional sports Man. team?
0: You've lost question. sixteen thousand
1: uh, times your rival. It's I tell my kids,
0: you can't ever quit. You know, if you sign up for a club or a sport, you're gonna finish the season. I might let my kids quit after owing sixteen thousand though. I'm like, all right, son. Oh,
1: some reports say the Globetrotters have won, or I mean the the Washington Generals have won six times. Ah,
0: well, there you go. Nelson. And
1: one in fifty-four, one in fifty-eight, one in seventy-one, and another one in seventy-one. Do seventy-one tough year for the Globetrotters. <laughs>
0: Never stunning when we get our Monday morning phone call from our Badger insider, R.J. Good morning, R.J. Hey, guys. What's happening? Just living large and in charge, R.J. Just the, the Packer playoff party celebrations underway. R.J., I should have brought in the champagne today. We should be having, uh, yeah. you know, popping the bubbly.
3: Well, we could also do it for the uh, volleyball, women's volleyball team at UW. That's they right,
1: man. How about that? Was that, that was, Thursday yeah. for the Final Four?
3: Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're looking pretty dominant. About to go up against the uh, the number one overall seed in uh, Washington, I believe. Though, so we'll uh, we'll see how that works out for them.
0: Yeah, they play uh, Baylor, and then you got Stanford in Minnesota. So, congratulations to uh, Badger women's volleyball. Uh, congratulations to Joe Burrow, RJ. Uh, look, we knew he was going to win the Heisman. There wasn't much drama about that, you know. And we knew that Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to win the Heisman. But in the final epitaph of it, you know, he does end up finishing fifth in the votes. Uh, Are you, you know, back what we talked about when you were with us in in studio on Friday, um, you know, what's your final takeaway on on Taylor not being in New York, finishing fifth, and probably, you know, finishing up his career uh, here in Wisconsin up until this Rose Bowl?
3: I was a little shocked after seeing the uh, actual tallies up where, I mean, he wasn't even near anybody in the top four, which I find hilarious. But
0: uh, the other thing,
3: there are people who didn't vote for Joe Burrow.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> RJ, that's like these media idiots that, you know, they won't vote, you know, like Nolan Ryan or Greg Maddox on the first ballot of a whole. I mean, just because they're like, I'm not voting for him first ballot. Like there, some media people are so stupid.
4: Well, and, and I think it's still
3: the regionality of of the Heisman vote where you get guys who don't I don't think you have guys who I don't think necessarily even cover football anymore and or they don't watch as many games as they should to earn the right to vote I mean if you watched even maybe one LSU game this year you know Joe Burrow is a pretty darn good quarterback Uh, I mean the the fact you don't have him in your top three is just hilarious um And I I mean, I can understand other people not being in your top three, but if he wasn't, that's just, I I don't understand why you have a vote. Um, I think they should really look into changing how that goes. And I know uh, former Heisman winners are trying to now get uh, more power over what actually happens with the Heisman and how voting goes and all that. And, uh, just one of those things. I think it's another thing in college football that's broken uh, that needs repair and nobody's
0: willing to do it. Yeah, I just, it amazes me, RJ, and all these sports, other than really the NFL, I give them credit because they do more of a consortium like you're talking about. But, you know, in, in the NBA and in Major League Baseball and in college football and basketball, you know, their, their awards, their history. Is decided on by a group of like white, unathletic guys that you know, like sit in front of a computer and that, like, that's who determines who the best players are. Give me some ex-coaches. Give me some current players. Give me some former Heisman. Yes, certainly the media plays a part, but to just have them be the end-all on these votes to me is so stupid.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, at one point in time, I think they were given the power uh, because they wrote about said sport and. They were trying to increase the popularity of said sports throughout the media. And now, uh, you know, with the amount of different ways to ingest sports, it's not needed anymore. And I mean, if a writer gets upset that they aren't voting anymore, I don't really care because chances are whatever paper you write for, nobody's ever heard of it. And, uh, you know, it's, except for maybe the region you write for. But other than that, I think we need to start looking into more nationalized sports people getting a vote uh, with with this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, actually having people who cover the sport cover it because – uh, was was it the baseball writers who... Yeah, R.J. Some guy was, right. Go ahead.
0: Eve, some
1: guy on. was doing women's... Not that there's anything wrong with it. Women's community soccer, and he had the, uh, uh, a vote for the MLB MVP. Some guy was running, like, a hip-hop entertainment company.
3: Yeah, it's... I don't... Like, how do you still have a vote? I mean, it should <laughs> be uh, a local newspaper's beat writer for uh, uh, said sport uh, or whatever, but, uh, I mean... There's people who admittedly say, oh, I didn't watch that game. Um, and yet you're an AP voter who just voted on how teams should be ranked or you're rank- you're ranking people for a Heisman or you're you're voting people into a Hall of Fame of some sort. So, uh, yeah, I just don't really understand the whole writers thing anymore. It needs to be uh, people who are more in tune and a lot less – localized
0: Uh, visiting with our badger and Sarah RJ. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, we're going to get to this topic a little bit later on. I know we kind of briefly touched on RJ, but the thought of uh, Jonathan Taylor playing in the Rose bowl, I mean, he never really disputed it. I mean, if you were giving advice, is it, is it right to play? I mean, is there at all any reason where you consider and say, look, it is a business at this point. The money out there is just, you know, life changing money now, uh, is it worth these top guys playing in these bowl games?
4: Uh,
3: I think it depends on the guy. Um, I mean, we've seen players quit in the middle of a season before and say, yeah, I'm just going to get ready for the NFL because uh, this season isn't gone the way I thought it would. Uh, yeah, it
0: didn't really and... affect Nick Bosa too much last year, RJ. He shut it down after the you know <laughs> the, he got hurt right. against TCU, ended up being the number two overall pick, and looks like an absolute beast in the NFL so it really it cost him nothing in fact it probably made him more money by not playing it out
4: yeah absolutely and
3: I mean so you see that but I mean so far I don't think we've seen a guy uh on his Badgers roster who has I mean granted I don't think we have a guy who's uh top five pick you know we haven't had that in in a few years but I mean you don't see that type of guy who's Willing to just be, nah. You know what? Uh, good luck in the game. I'll be there. I'll stand on the sidelines. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to play. Uh, it's to the point of back to the kind of kids Wisconsin recruits. I think. I mean, heck, you can even go back to Joe Thomas. His junior year, uh, he played a little defense uh, in the in the Outback Bowl, and you know he got hurt in the bowl game. And I don't. If he didn't, I think he would not have come back to Wisconsin but he did and felt like it was in his best interest to come back and play a whole uh one more season and get that senior year in. And uh so, I mean, there's, there's an example of an injury that maybe kept a kid at Wisconsin, but for the most part, we haven't really seen a Wisconsin player say, well, I'm going to think about it so far. It's been guys who are getting ready to leave and you know what they feel playing in the game will help their draft stats. So, yeah, yeah. I just don't see Wisconsin having that kid on the roster that's going to opt not to play, and I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the first one to say, "Yeah, it's been real. We'll see you later."
1: RJ, what do you think about Chase Young saying he's coming back? The plan is to return <laughs> to Ohio State <laughs> no for his senior sense. season. Do you believe him? Will Jonathan Taylor follow suit, or Tyler Biadasch follow suit? <laughs>
3: um, you know,
1: it's a he's a trendsetter.
3: Yeah, but maybe. Chase Young just doesn't like any of the top potential top five
0: teams, and doesn't want to go to any of them.
1: <laughs> See, I don't like the uh, Bengals. I don't like the Dolphins. <laughs> I
0: mean, RJ, that that is he said that what he was. Excuse me, talking about if you saw they before they votes announced the vote. You know, they, they they all did the media car washes, and Chase Young said he's he's the plan as of now is to come back. So is that just leaving the door open? Ooh. Or, I mean, that that's just, he, they said he was the most non-miss, pe, you know, prospect. There's no yeah. way he's not it. coming back.
1: I got it. All right, RJ, this could be a poll for us too, Joe. RJ, what is more shocking, Chase Young coming back or Alex Hornibrook shutting it down to prepare <laughs> for the NFL draft? I did want to ask RJ
0: about yeah, that really good, Evo. Twitter
3: went crazy with that. Which is more shocking? Uh... uh broke shutting it down. <laughs> Honestly, I
1: think I think like, him playing in a ball game would only help him because he's how can you like he's at the bottom of the barrel.
0: That that is I mean, the...
3: technically it could hurt him too. Um, but what's Forty it gonna hurt? Twitter was hilarious, and I'm putting just, that up like, as a poll think, right now. That's good. I think you spelled XFL wrong, and like it's it. RJ, it's just kind
5: of
0: funny do you not understand how great Frosted Flakes are? I mean, it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl that Alex Hornibrook's sitting on. I mean, I could see <laughs> if it was <laughs> the Valero Alamo Bowl or the Sarsaparilla Gasparilla Bowl. He's missing the Tony. Can you imagine how many free bowls of Frosted Flakes Alex Hornibrook's leaving on the table, so to speak? Uh, but in all seriousness, what what is Chase Young? Th- I mean, he is not coming back. That That is the most insane thing I've ever heard, right?
3: I mean, maybe it's a a positioning chip. He he's already maybe had a team reach out to him, saying that, and he's wants certain amount of money. And you know, if they're not willing to give it to him, maybe he's he's coming back, and he'll have that decision to make near the end of January. But uh, that that could still be something where he knows the type of money his draft slot should get, and maybe he's here and he's not going to be getting that and if that's the case maybe you do come back Uh, if or you hold out get drafted hold out and see what that brings so maybe it's a matter of getting reps rather than sitting on a sitting at home just working out uh, not being a part of a team at all so there's there's a lot of factors that could play into that but yeah I can't see him coming back at all Uh, I think another year I mean yeah he's a great player but if you don't have another year like you did statistically this year, your draft stock starts going down, and that and you're going to start hurting that dollar total.
0: Yeah, it makes uh, no sense. And yeah, Alex Horney Bracco saying he's sitting out the Sun Bowl <laughs> to get ready for the NFL draft when he was the backup quarterback on a team that went six and six and fired its head coach, playing what helped in the him. middle of the season. That might be RJ the dumbest thing I have ever heard, <laughs> like ever in the history of doing this show.
3: Yeah, that's another one. I don't think he's even on the roster anymore. I think he's left the team, uh, if I read that correctly. So uh, he's not just skipping the bowl game. He's just done. And, you know, if that's what he thinks, uh, I'm, I'm certain his couple of years here didn't help his draft stock. And, uh, you know, depending on what teammates you talk to, I guarantee you'll have a lot of people who say he's not a good teammate. <laughs>
0: Or maybe he still can cut. We'll uh,
1: we'll look for that. <laughs> he still
0: can <laughs> cut. <cost>. Wow! <laughs> hey, he was the Orange Bowl MVP. I still can't can't get he my arms around that. He won a Manning Academy that. too. He, he was the Orange Bowl MVP, RJ. Wow! All right, we, all uh, we, we 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 uh, noticed that we didn't talk Badger Well I can't deal with that until you come back on Friday. So we'll deal yeah, with that butter. then.
4: All right.
3: See you, buddy. Good.
0: Thank you, RJ. All right, see you guys. All right, there he is our Badger Insider, R.J. Yeah, that break thing, Ebo, and funny that, that is hilarious. You're the backup quarterback on Florida State, who in six and six fired their coach, is playing in the Sun Bowl, and you're gonna skip the bowl game. Like suddenly you're you're Joey Bosa here to get ready for the NFL draft. Playing would help him out a lot more oh than oh my, not. What a clown. <laughs> Hey, speaking of dry, what's drying up is the baseball free agent pool. Um, yeah, I didn't really think uh, Garrett Cole and Steven Strasberg were coming to Milwaukee. A guy can dream. I never really thought that was the case. Now, when you get into Madison Baumgartner and Corey Kluber, maybe that's more of a reality. They're gone as well. Uh, Nelson, I saw this that even if the Brewers signed like the five top remaining Agents, and obviously, they're not going to get any, you know, all of them. They might not get any of them. That their payroll at this point would still not even match last year's. And, you know, we were talking about, well, will the Brewers spend money or even at 13? Like at this point, it's basically a lock that their payroll will be lower this year (laughs) than it was last year. Does that concern us as Brewer fans? Is this really a team that's trying to win now when you are basically, whether it was by on purpose or that you just missed out on the top free agents that even if they got the best guys left at this point, their payroll is going to be lower than it was last year at this time.
2: I mean, there's probably a good chance at that. I think projected total right now is at 82 million.
1: Dude, the Brewers are so, and Davis turns are so like focused, dialed in on saving money. That Chase Anderson, you know, Chase Anderson is no longer on the Brewers. They signed a new pitcher, Brett Anderson, and they're going to give him the number fifty-seven jersey, so they don't have to stitch and make new jerseys.
2: Now that would actually be funny. Watch
1: it happen. Chase Anderson gone. He wore number fifty-seven. Brett Anderson comes in, a free agent, was with the Athletics, a thirteen and nine record with a three point eight nine ERA, five million dollar deal. They'll save the jersey by giving them number 57, Chase Anderson's old jerseys laying around.
2: See, I mean, you could definitely add Oh, no, they can't because they have new jerseys. Damn. They can't do that. Well, maybe Damn when it. they go for a throwback. Yeah, throwback. There night. Go, throwback then night. Chase Anderson, all
1: right, oh, there's some left over from Chase. There you go, Brett.
2: But, yeah, they could definitely still spend some money. Obviously, they they have, what, roughly $40, $45 million left to spend if you want to get uh, up to last year's cap. And at the same time, it's still... Pretty pretty young in this offseason in the major leagues.
1: Hey, how's this sell for Sizzle? Milwaukee's new pitching rotation Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, plus new additions in uh, what was it? Josh Lindblom, Brett Anderson, and Eric Lauer.
2: I'm going to say it's not any worse than last year, just different.
0: Okay, out of the top, this is according to. Cheaper? It's definitely cheaper. It's definitely cheaper. But
2: I would say right now, I'd say it's maybe a little bit better with a higher
0: ceiling. Well, how you know it's not like they've done nothing, but I mean the the Brewer signings aren't aren't really even in the 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 stratosphere of some of the other big signings. Uh, And you look at even if they got the top five guys, which by the way, according to ESPN, the top remaining ten, not one of them are listed as a potential landing spot. Uh, for Brewers. So even if they would get some of the remaining top guys, which again, nobody is saying that they're going to um, how, how concerned should we, we be that the Brewers aren't, as they say, Nelson keeping up with the Joneses here.
2: Well, you can still, the Brewers could still make a trade and add salary that way. Obviously dealing prospects and other lower paid guys with control, a.k.a. Josh Hader for more expensive players. Do I see that happening? Uh, not really. The Are Brewers. you guys open
0: to trading Josh Hader? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would have said no two <laughs> yes. months ago. They got to do. I mean, like, look at this. I, tell me where this tell me how this team right now. And I look, I guess I, it's like, you know, the the Packers, what we were talking about. I mean, tell me how this team got to 11 and three. I have no idea. It's like, how did this team when they were six games behind the Cubs with a month to go and Christian Yelich was done? How did this team make the playoffs? that's impossible. How did this team, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, how did this team get four outs away from beating the Nationals who won the World Series? I have no idea. That's impossible. So I guess to answer your question, also, I, you know, on paper it seems like you have to trade Josh Hader. They have to do something. But I will give this team, whether it's David Stearns, whether it's Craig Council, whether it's just the magic of this roster, I say that every year and they still find a way to get it done. But that doesn't mean, like, get it done to be what? The second wild card team again? <laughs> or get it done to compete and win 90 games and be a legitimate threat, you know, to, to win a division and have a shot to win in the National League? Legitimate like, threat. Are they even good enough right now to say that they're the second wild card? I think that'd be a hell of an accomplishment based on this offseason. Have you
1: ever been able to call the Brewers a legitimate threat?
0: I think you could have last right? Because coming off of what they did two years ago, couldn't you have said they were a legitimate threat last year? I think year? you
2: also could have said they were a legitimate threat in 2011.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... They... Like a le- like a legit, legitimate threat.
0: Well, they're not now. I, I mean, that, that the bottom line is they're not anywhere near a legitimate threat right now. And that's my point. And to your point, Ebo, is again, when you look at... The top-rated guy. Even if they got the top five guys that are still available, I don't think they'd be a threat. And they're not, according to the people in the know, they're not in the running to get any of them. Who stretches
1: a dollar better? Or did? Ted Thompson or David Stearns? Mm.
0: It's a good question.
1: Now, don't think of Ted Thompson 2015 and... Beyond, but 2015 and before. Who stretches, right. who stretches a dollar better? Well, right now, I'm Ted like Thompson clarify that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ted Thompson does have a Super Bowl uh, championship, but David Stearns does not yet have a championship. So I, at this point, I would say Teddy? the answer would be Teddy T. Yeah. But it's a fair question.
1: Do you think they'd meet at the $5 Walmart bin and just have a conversation every once in a while? <laughs>
0: I don't know what – I mean, Nelson, you well, watch. Ted out. would be You're trying. You're the to only stock- guy I know that's ever watched preseason baseball. So tell me what's happening here, because I I don't know what's going Ted on. Ted would here.
2: be trying to stockpile all those good oldies, all those movies, while uh, Stearns would be whipping.
1: Like, well, let me think. Like, Ted would be stocking up like The Rain Man, um, The Firm. Ooh. What are some other five dollar bin movies?
0: Yeah, I mean, you you got to go like you know, uh, um, you know, the Pelican Brief. Um, you go, you go like, like, 90s. Copies of M.A.S.H. Yeah, like, Twins. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go, like, twins. 90s. Great movie. Yeah. Kindergarten like, Cop, Like, all three of the Back to the Futures. Yeah, like, those are, um, like, the
2: classics where, like, David Stearns would just be stockpiling, like. No, he's got, like, Iron Man, like, the first Iron Man. movies. Yeah. And then just, like, be flipping them at Ted Talk. You want this guy? How about <laughs> this guy? come with this one.
0: <laughs> so like, what's what's our boy? Make sense of it, Nellie. What's our what's our boy doing well, right still now? still early.
2: Like, if this is the exact same team, or pretty close to it, the same date in February.
1: Okay, I know it's early, but what are the moves they're doing here? Brett Anderson, Eric Lauer, Bloom. Then you got other teams going, I know the Brewers are will do it, like Garrett Cole,
0: Rendon.
1: Well, that's the thing. Strasburg. I, and
0: even the re- I mean, like. The, I, again, I don't want to come. Not that the Brewers
1: can afford it. Well,
0: right, but even you know, I'm I'm not putting the Brewers in Yankee Dodger neighborhood, but I would put them in Reds and range. I mean, they're they're not. I mean, the Reds are outspending the Brewers right now. Uh, but the Reds not also even,
2: didn't have a payroll of 125 million last year.
0: I I just I mean, outside of Pittsburgh, nobody has gotten worse than the Brewers. Right? I mean, the Cardinals, and I guess maybe the Cubs, because what a dysfunctional, just nightmare that whole situation is. And Pittsburgh's terrible. Um, there's no way I would say the Brewers right now. St. Louis, Cincinnati. What they've they've had way better off seasons than the Brewers. Now I get Nelson's point, and again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer because it was January 25th when they signed Lorenzo Cain and traded for Christian Yelich. So that's still a month away from when basically the you know the the stars of the Brewers you know aligned. So it might not be huge names
2: with this pitching staff, but I do think the pitching staff right now is a little better than last season's well, with a higher series. Yeah,
1: and I'll, I'll believe in David Searns because if you go back and you, you look at to. you're like, who in the hell was Ulise Sheen? We used to call him you lose uh, and We never Two never years did. ago, I mean we didn't. No. Two years ago, we were like, Who in the hell is this guy? I know and then he
0: balled out. I get what you're saying, and you guys are both right, but doesn't this feel like and you mentioned Ted Thompson, doesn't this feel like Evo every year towards the end of Thompson when we'd always feel like this is the year he's going to sign a free agent, and then the first day would start, and, like, the top five names would go on, and you'd be like, it's like the Garrett Cole and the Strasburgs. Like, yeah, that would have been cool to see him on the Packers. But but at least
2: Stearns has made some of those deals. He signed Lorenzo Kane. Yeah. He went out and signed Grandal. I
0: know, but every time this, like, yesterday happens, and there goes Baumgartner, there goes you know, Bauer and it's just like, uh, or Kluber. I'm just like, when, well, Ted would,
2: I mean, at least Stearns would sign Yasmani Grandal. Ted would find some other guy from the Dominican called Yaz Grandal. And we thought it was Yasmani <laughs> <Yes>, Grandal. <laughs> Yaz yes, Grandal?
0: Yaz Grandal? And Whatever he'd sit on the here? bench. Did he play for, uh, did he play for Michigan? Was he, wasn't he that, uh, running back Harbaugh guy Dan mm-hmm. brought in? Grandal? Uh, what's up Conrad? Welcome to the Joe and Ibo show. Hey guys. I mean, I, I'm, pretty confident that these guys know what
6: they're doing and we know what this we're not going after those kind of guys you got to ask yourself in your gut do you want christian yelich on your team for the long haul and i I still believe that they're they're still thinking about that right now as they're just trying to prepare for the next couple years you don't want to end up like having a guy on your team that's going to screw you out and not being able to assign christian yelich even though i think that's still in question you definitely don't want to make that decision now so you want to try to at least, you know, we got our pitching staff. We got our, our, our rotation set, and it's December, which, I mean, now, I mean, whether that's our actual rotation, but we have five starting pitchers, plus we've got Freddie and and dumpster, by, dumpster fire uh, Corbin Burns <laughs> um, that might be able to figure his life Hey, off. hopefully you
1: get a third pitch this offseason.
6: Yeah, and then there's that whole deal where it's like, Terminator. you know, I I think they're going to figure something out with <laughs> the, uh, with later. the bullpen. Um you got you got uh Corey Knebel coming back. Yeah. You know, um I think they're seriously banking on Kesson and and Locaine and Yelich to be like the you know, be the the brunt of our offense. And hey, have you guys, heard anything?
0: It sounds like Thames is close to coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Keep an think, eye on I him.
0: I think he's coming back at this point, Conrad. Uh, things... Hey, wait, 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 wait. real Conrad, ahead, Conrad. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's
1: up? I need a little pump up speech. You know, a lot of people are jumping over uh, off of bridges here after the Packers went ugly against the Bears. What What do you think of the game? Hey, can no, you fire you me
6: up? A, you got a W against the Bears. It was the it was the season finale at at Lambeau Field you got to win. You actually were able to get into the playoffs last night with uh the Rams pooping the bed and all of a sudden boom, boys, we're in the playoffs. Boom show. And uh so now what you got is you have the ability to and and then the the San Francisco ended up losing. Mm-hmm. So we we're, we're not just looking at you know a wild card spot right now. We're looking at a serious po- possibility of of not just a number two seed, but possibly even a number one seed. You just never know how the rest of the season is going to shake out. Now, I am not necessarily thinking we're the best team at 11-3, and three, okay? But okay. I'll take my chances at Lambeau. I'll take my chances at Lambeau. That defense got us the win yesterday, and our offense did just enough. Because, guys. Guys. Listen.
1: Yeah, I'm listening.
6: Aaron Rodgers. He really hates losing. He, he doesn't like the fact that he's not playing the way he used to, but he hates losing. And he's he's got – I can just see something right now going on with him. He's doing just enough to get us wins. Yesterday was the first day where Aaron Jones basically did nothing, and Aaron Rodgers was like, "Yeah," and we got a win. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it, and it's against the Bears. You can't go wrong with 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 uh, you know, you get a
0: W against the Bears. That's a good feeling. You know what they so,
1: say, Conrad? The Bears still suck.
0: The Bears still <laughs> suck. See Later, you, boys. Thank you, Conrad. It's always you see, I always feel better when uh, we get a little uh, pump up from uh, from Conrad. Yeah, no, I I still say in in Sterns we trust, Ebo. I just man, it's like it's just. I, I know. One day you want to be a part of it. Yeah, where you get the, just give the, me the something. Just give me a Brewers day where I can land. have a headline. Insert big name here. Can I? Can I have a day where I catch a catch excitement on one of the? Josh the... Hader
2: traded to Yankees
0: for Garrett okay. Cole.
2: For Cole? I would do it if you could get Andujar, Clint Frazier, a pitcher like a, a. Happ, and a top prospect. What I'd about Judge?
0: Were they throwing Judge? Judge and Cole I for Hader. Think that's gonna be Judge
2: and Cole for Hader. But I mean, Andujar was a hell of a rookie last year. He'd step in and play third. Clint Frazier would basically be your third outfielder once Ryan Braun how about, retires. How
0: about this? The Hall of Fame rights to Derek Jeter, so he can go into the Hall of Fame as a Brewer, so we can say we have another Hall of Famer.
2: I, was, I say win on could, the field. Maybe you could talk to past Yankee <laughs> Derek Jeter to maybe try and make a trade, but the Marlins don't really have a ton of. Just yeah, say we don't need him.
0: <laughs> we took everyone the Marlins We already down. fleeced them. <laughs> We welcome in our buddy Chris Bono, Badgerhead Wrestling Coach. So, Coach, all our main guests, all our regulars, you know, they get walk-up music. I've been going with, you know, a little lunatic fringe for it cause who doesn't love Loudon Swain? But, you know, what's the Chris Bono pump-up music? When you were winning titles and making world teams, what was that playlist song that you had to go to?
4: Man, I like that song with uh, by the who? Was it uh, something O'Reilly, Barbara O'Reilly? Oh, Bob O'Reilly. Hell yeah. There
0: you yeah, go,
2: Coach.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's all me. That's the one I like. All right, done. You got it. Uh, I like that pick. All right, let's uh, let's get it going then. And we've been talking about this coach the last few weeks, and it's 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 here, man. I know it's here because I just got a big brick of tickets that we're going to be giving away all week. So I'm excited about that. The home opener this week. This has been a month in the making, man. I mean, you guys have had some big road meets, some big tournaments. How great uh, is it to get home? And how excited are the guys to wrestle at home this week?
4: Man, we're excited to get home. You know, it's um, I think it's it's it, there's a lot of things going on right now. We want to get home. We want to wrestle in front of a home crowd, um, you know, and, and, and I think that with being, you know, we feel like we're a little new staff. Um, we have an awesome product to put out there this year, and we're, we're fired up that we get to do it in front of our home fans.
0: Uh, visiting with Badger head wrestling coach, Chris Bono and the opponent, Ken state, you know, we were talking about uncommon opponents when we're talking to our other teams, coach. And, and obviously we get, you know, for the wrestling folks around here, it's, it's all big 10 all the time. Uh, it's probably nice to step out of conference every now and again and get some different competition. What is, what does Ken state bring to the table?
4: Yeah. Ken state's great. They got a bunch of, you know, Ohio is one of the best wrestling States in the country. And they've got a bunch of Ohio kids on the team. Um, so, so we got to be ready to go. These guys are, uh, you know they they haven't had a great win loss dual meet record this year, but I'll tell you what they've got some great individuals. Um, you know, one thirty three is a real tough kid. One uh, one seventy four is a real tough kid. Um, and then again, we're gonna re- we're gonna be wrestling some uh, some freshmen out there, so uh, you never know what you get when we wrestle freshmen. So I think it'll be a great dual meet. I think it'll be exciting, and um, you know we're excited to get those guys in here.
0: You know, I saw the, uh, I follow you guys, of course, on Twitter, uh, Coach. I saw, some, I was like, my man Cole Martin was firing up some socks the other day in the wrestling room. You guys got, I mean, you're getting into the holiday spirit, right? We got the sock toss, you know, raising some some money and some some clothing for, for those in need. It's going to be a pretty wild atmosphere on Thursday night, right?
4: Yeah, we sure hope so. We hope people bring their socks out. You know, we're asking people to bring some unwrapped socks. And after the fifth match, we're going to throw them out there on the mat. Um, and then we're going to give them to uh, you know the needy around um, uh, Madison. You know they say that some of these shelters that the number one thing that uh, people ask for are, are socks. So if people can spare a sock or two or a package of socks, bring them out, throw them out there. and uh, I think it'll be a pretty cool deal.
1: Coach, how how important is it for you and your guys to give back to the community?
4: Oh, it's very important. You know we have an awesome program here called Badgers Gives Back. Um, that, that's all run through the department and our, our um, you know it's a very own little department here in our athletic department. So it just goes, uh, it's very important to, uh, again, um, our athletics department. So we love doing it. Our guys do it uh, without being asked. And uh, it's very important. You know, we've got to be able to be in the community and just give to the less fortunate as much as we can.
0: Uh, Coach, on a, on a non-Badger thing, but I know, Coach, you guys uh, are going to have some participants. We already saw one a few weeks ago with Seth Gross. You know, you got the uh, the U.S. Open uh, coming up this weekend. You, of course, know very active in your international days. Uh, for folks don't know, you know, this is an Olympic year. Uh, we saw our guy Gross. I know you're you're NCA right now, but uh, that'll be something maybe down the road, right? Because we always think about the state of Wisconsin, whether it's Greco or freestyle. Always putting some uh, Olympians in the mix, and and you guys certainly maybe uh, maybe have that opportunity once the uh, the collegiate season's done.
4: Yeah, there's a tournament. This uh, the U.S. Open is this weekend. Another qualifier for the um, Olympic trials, and we'll hop on a plane right after the dual meet early Friday morning to go down to Fort Worth, Texas. And Evan Wick will be competing down there um, for the Badgers. So we'll hopefully we get him in the top five at that tournament, and that'll put him in uh, into the Olympic qual. Uh, uh, the Olympic Qualifier Tournament, the Olympic Trials in State College in April.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I saw the, the, the Twitter world buzzing, you know, that Spencer Lee was going to enter, and now that he's going to, you know, the Iowa national champion. I thought the real buzz would have been if Chris Bono said he was coming out of retirement, and he was throwing his name in the hat at the Open this weekend.
4: Hey, I've always, I've, I told everybody, I got one more match, one more tournament in me. I just don't know where
5: it
0: is. Right now, so. <laughs> Dude, state college in April, Chris. I'll be your corner man. We got just one day. You just got to put a good hour together, and you got this.
4: That's it. I love it. I would do it. Trust me. I really would. I I would love to do it.
0: Hey, I've seen you lately. You still you still probably could. Hey, uh, we mentioned Kent State. You know how important just you know from uh from a wins and losses is for you guys. You know you had a tournament, but the last dual meet you've had obviously it was Iowa. It didn't go your guys' way. Uh, how important is just getting a win Thursday night against Kent State back in the dual meet portion of your schedule?
4: Well, it's very important, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, there, there's uh whenever you compete, right? Whenever there's score being kept, you want to win. And uh, you know, I always tell these guys, it, it's okay to win. You know, everybody, we want to win everything we, uh, we where we compete in. So uh, we need we need to go out there. and We need to put on a great performance. We need to uh, if all ten guys do their ten percent. I think it'll be a great night. Uh, and you know, um, we're going on break right after that. The kids get to go home for a couple of days. So. Uh, there's nothing better than leaving with a win, and uh, you know, enjoying enjoying the holidays. Uh, you know, heading out there with a W.
0: And, and finally, uh, you know, coming up next week, we'll visit. We'll, we'll talk more about this next week. But uh, it is term determine I at wrestling in coach. Here you go. You want to hear something crazy? I can't believe I'm going to tell the whole world. I wrestled. You guys ready for it? I'm ready. Chris Bono at the Midlands once. What? Didn't go well, coach. <laughs>
4: oh, boy. oh boy. Oh boy. What year was it? What year?
0: <laughs> oh man, like '94.
4: Yeah, all yeah. right. I missed. Uh, I missed Wa- bucks, huh?
0: Yeah, I missed Wade at one thirty-four, and uh, Baumgartner made me bump up, and uh, oh, I got boy. the treatment. Oh, boy. So, but, the yeah. Treatment. Hey, exactly.
4: hey, hey, uh, real quick, what do you guys got going on for the meet? Right, you guys are calling
1: the match on uh, on Thursday.
0: Well, be pregame. We're the pregame guys, Pre- so we get everyone fired down. up. Yeah, man, we got tickets. We got uh, guests. We got so. tickets. We got a block of tickets right here, coach. We want to give some away. Yeah, we're gonna give yeah, some what away. What time?
4: Here. What time do you come on? What time's pregame? Let's. Uh, let, I don't even know. Let's get everybody fired up to listen.
0: Yeah, six uh, six to seven. So one hour before, right. and that's every uh, home meet this year. So we will be uh, set Thursday night, and then we got Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State. Uh, so yeah, man, we're fired up. We've never done this, man. Pre-game for rest we're going to be giving away tickets every week. We're going to have some uh, some ex guys on, so it's it's pretty fired up, man. All right, well, I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are doing all this for us. Well, hey, coach, we appreciate it. Here, let me uh, let me cue it up here since you made the pick today. I'll leave you with this. Yeah, there we go. You can't it, beat that right there. This is probably when you were when you were. Tech fall and a little string bean from Edinburgh back in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> you had this on your, uh, your Walkman, didn't you? <laughs> did you, right, did you right. have a I Discman? Think... No, I might have been a Discman in '94. No, I had a
4: yellow, I had a yellow Walkman, Walkman. that didn't fit in my ears.
0: <laughs> Those damn cauliflower. Ears. That's why I never missed weight again, man. And I was like, yeah. I, I got to stay out of this guy's weight class. Hey, brother, we uh, will see you on uh, Thursday. I look forward okay. to it, and it's gonna be an awesome home season. Good, uh, good luck, my man. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. There he is, Chris Bono. The Packers—they were doing a bunch of beating on uh, the Bears for three quarters. And look, when when they got up 21-3, I'm like, it's it's kind of been like this theme the last few weeks, right? Like, hung around, hang around, hang around. <laughs> hang around. And then the Packers show. I mean, then Rodgers puts together a great drive. Defense picks off Trubisky. Packers score again. You're like, finally, now I can breathe. Like I was almost like man, I could use my nap right now because of my Sunday football veg on the couch. I'm like, it's fourth quarter. They're up 21-3. Like, this thing's mm, done. Then I got nervous. Yeah, and then, they, and then the Bears score once. I'm like, I'm not really that mad about one touchdown. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll stay. I'll, I'll give it the rest of this game. And then all, and all of a sudden, it's 21-13. And the Bears are running like five flea yeah, flickers. They could have got, got it too. Around.
1: Was one flick away from getting in an end zone, but then they had to convert for
0: the two point conversion so, to tie it. I'll ask both you guys do you identify more with this game yesterday as a team that was up twenty-one three, or the team that had to literally hang on by two yards. Uh, because yeah, if Tariq Cohn was losing his mind, if the the, the tight end had lateral it behind him to Tariq Cohn, he very well may have scored and the Bears are a two point conversion away from tying this. That's a lot of what ifs. That's if, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. True. Um, you know, are, are are you more worried about that, or are you saying no? They were up twenty-one-three. They put it on cruise control. Did they make it a little more closer than they should have? Probably, but so what? They won, and they won by a, a touchdown and a two-point conversion against a team that was playing for its playoff existence. I have no problem with what happened I think the yesterday. most
1: alarming thing about it was the fourth quarter for me because when you go back, what were we talking about earlier? The Seahawks-Packers-NFC Championship game when the yeah. Packers are up, it was like a 99% chance they had to win in that Correct. game, and they couldn't put the Seahawks away. So against the Bears, we got Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, yeah, he's always going to throw interceptions, but he wasn't, Trubisky wasn't terrible. He wasn't like the normal Chicago Bears quarterback against the Packers we've seen. He was, he was decent at best. But when you were in the playoffs and got to put a team away, The Packers' offense needs to find a way to have a drive, continue to kill some clock. One, that's how many first down the Packers had after going up to 21-3 to in the fourth quarter. They punted the ball five times in the fourth quarter. You need to put teams away by controlling the clock because we've seen that bite the Packers in the ass in the playoffs before. So if you're punting the ball five times in the fourth quarter, it can only get one first down to the likes of Drew Brees,
0: Russell, Russell
1: Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, no, you're I'm great. gonna throw Dak Prescott out of there. But like you know, caliber playoff caliber teams, you, you might have a, a a bad scenario at the end of the game that you're not gonna like.
0: Well, and that would be yeah, that's a good point. 16-70. And I guess that's yeah. I, I'm not. I, I never apologize for wins, but I'm with you on that. It was Trubisky. You gave him five shots, and he'd very nearly burn you. Do you really think if you give Drew Brees, if that game, let's say the Packers hold on to the two seed and it's, and, and they, they get a first round bye and the saints are the three seed. They're going to beat the the six seed. And then it's, do you really think if it's green Bay and new Orleans in the divisional round in the middle of January, because it can be very similar weather, very similar situation, what we saw yesterday and it's 21, 13 green Bay in the fourth quarter. And they punt five straight times in the fourth quarter. Do you think Drew Brees is not going to make them pay? I mean, and that's that. It would be difficult for me to say, as better as this defense has been this year, that to your point, yes, if you if Rodgers and the f- offense can't get a first down in five possessions in the fourth quarter, you give Brees five whacks at it. Yeah, it's, they're going to beat the Packers. I mean odds, in are, January.
1: odds would say that you you're going to be pretty disgruntled, correct, after the game concludes. Um, but thankfully, it was the Chicago Bears. But then again, you throw do you throw it all out because it's a rivalry
0: game like that? Well, you know? and the rivalry it, it, game and 200th meeting and we. Amon Green I'm... said it on Friday. Momentum is a real thing, even if the Bears aren't that great of a team. They had won three in a row. Maybe they believe more in their hype than they really were that good. Yeah. And you, we're, we're, we're making too much out of this. The bottom line is the Packers found a way to win their 11th game yesterday. Speaking That's of the Iman, headline.
1: Speaking of Amon, we got something to ask him on Friday because Aaron Jones, who scored twice, got 17 touchdowns now in the year. He's three short of the all-time franchise record in a single season, which is held by... Amon Green at twenty for two thousand oh. in two thousand and three. So Amon, I gotta ask him about that on Friday. Like, if your record falls, man, what are you yeah. gonna do?
0: See, here's the thing: guys always say that they're always like, "Oh, of course, I want my records broken." I don't know that I would want to be that guy. I,
1: yeah. Well, I think as <laughs> like, all the all-time leading rusher, I don't think yeah. that's. I think that's gonna stand for a while. I think he's good there, but um, this is what's crazy about the dominance the Packers have had over the Chicago Bears. In the 2010s, because, you know, 2020 is coming up. In the 2010s, the Packers' record against the Bears is 17 and 4. Isn't that just nuts to say? 17 and 4 of complete dominance over one of your, well, I guess it is your oldest rival in the Chicago Bears. 17 and 4.
0: Yeah, it's, you know. There's a lot of
1: good, some good things happened from that game, but I was trying to, like, give me a, give me, I put on Twitter and Facebook, give me one complaint and one compliment. That's good. And, um, I've been trying to find compliments and positives to take away 11 and three. Well, they clinched the playoffs, Clinched the playoffs. What if you take that out of the equation? Like what was a positive to come out of that game?
0: Uh, the bears are eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know. But like on the field, not that the Packers,
0: I mean, the, look, the, and- the, the, the run defense, you knew the bears with Trubisky in January, in late December in a 12 degree day where they were giving away free hot cocoa. It was so cold out. You knew the bears are going to run it a lot. Uh, the Packer defense was pretty stout. A uh, longtime friend of show, Blake Martinez, was a freaking warrior. Lancaster and Kenny Clark, I mean, they, they were pretty stout against the run yesterday. So I would say yeah, a positive did. would be, you probably knew going in, if the Bears have one mission today, it's to run the football. And the Packers pretty much shut them down from running can the football. Can
1: you say any positives outside of Devontae Adams? Can you say any positive about the wide receivers?
0: No, nothing.
1: Okay, I kid you not. I was gonna tell you I was gonna, I told you guys I was gonna say this for on air. I was at a Packer party yesterday and when Jake Coomroe got his one catch <laughs> after he you know, he, he beasted, he did he broke a tackle, ran a little bit. And then the Bears did the dumb review for some reason, like he stepped out of bounds like what, what was universe? that about. <laughs> one of the people at this party was closest to the TV. They kinda stand in front of the TV and they look at all the sitting around, and they go, guys did you know that Jake Kummerow went to no. UW? Yeah, yeah. They go, did you know that Jake Kummerow went to UW-Whitewater? <laughs> Everyone around is like, yeah, we knew. We knew. And it's like, you know when they think they got like a nice little factoid right. on
0: you? They, they thought they had Did you guys on know you,
1: that this guy went to UW-Whitewater? Next you're going to tell me Brad Davidson played basketball. I mean, football, high school
2: quarterback. Come on. Did,
1: did anyone drop that one? No, I was about to say, did you know that Devonte Adams played basketball
0: in high school? But
2: you're right, Ebo. I do wonder sometimes if Davison plays basketball.
0: Yeah, this year, definitely. <laughs> oh, do doom uh, All right, 608-321-1670. Yeah, I mean, look, I I would say the biggest positive, right? Is it the biggest or the only? Or I mean, what do you look at as far as making the playoffs? Do, do you start and stop right there? As far as yesterday, I mean you don't you don't have to worry about anything else. I mean, yeah, the fourth quarter. We've
1: for it for two years,
0: right? I mean, but uh, does it does does it end, does it all end at they made the playoffs? Nothing after that matters. Or do you say to what you were saying before? Yeah, but hang on. Do you really want to? Uh, do you think you're going to make a run in the playoffs? Hey, you're not going to punt five straight times to Russell Wilson, and you think you're going to get out of there with a win if you punt to Russell Wilson five? You know, straight but maybe
1: m- maybe you know in the playoffs. To be positive about this, maybe that team that the Packers are playing against in the playoffs play ugly. Like, you know, they play down to the, what the Packers are doing, the ugly sure. grinding out win. Aaron Rodgers said it last week. I don't care if we win ugly wins I don't care about. As long as if we win ugly to the Super Bowl, what's the matter? And that's true, but when you look at some of the teams that they've played that you probably face in the playoffs, i.e., the nine, but the Niners lose yesterday too, you know, so if the Packers can just grind out ugly wins, I guess it doesn't matter as long as you're hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Do they look like a Super Bowl team? No. no, but you got to make the playoffs to be a Super Bowl team.
0: I just can't believe I, I keep looking at us on Twitter, and I get it different spots in the in the franchise's history. But you know, and forget about Vince Lombardi. I'm not talking about the '60s. I know I shouldn't say forget about Vince Lombardi. Forget about Vince Lombardi in this discussion. But for Mike Holmgren, uh, Mike Sherman, Mike McCarthy, damn, we love our Mikes, don't we? In, in Green got Bay, got a good run of Mikes. Um, I just can't believe that Matt Lafleur is the one that gets the first playoff. You know, out of that Sherman, McCarthy, Holmgren, that none of them, and none of them, frankly, were even competitive in year one. I mean, they were rebuilds. I mean, they they were four and twelve in McCarthy in uh, Sherman's first year, and like six and ten in McCarthy's first year. Like, not only did they not, and Holmgren, I mean, he was taking over an absolute like on like torching dumpster fire that were like three and thirteen. Yeah. And LaFleur took over a team that was 6-9-1. and one. I just, I cannot believe that it's Matt LaFleur that will go down as the first Packer coach to ever make the playoffs in his first year. That just, I can't get my arms around that.
1: And at times you look at it like, yeah, this guy still seems like he's in over his head, but you don't, I guess you don't luck your way. You, there's some luck involved. You do, there's some. I there's some can't luck say involved, you luck your way into 11-3. You don't three. completely luck yourself into 11-3. Right. Here you go. Nelson, are you listening? All right, good. Uh, Alex Kugel tweets, him. he goes, uh, tweets at me at Ebo says, Only positive yesterday. Was Rashawn Gary got a sack? And the biggest negative is that <laughs> never just put the teams away when they have the chance to put teams away.
2: Rashawn Gary got a sack, Nelson. Man, and it was a lovely coverage sack.
0: <laughs> Can't wait till I mean when he when he's like I believe you know.
2: Robbie Reichel sent out a tweet also talking about that. How the right tackle did not look good on that play. So you combine that with good coverage for once. How about that? a bad right tackle. I mean, I'm just saying. Even uh, Gary okay. gets a sack. Who had more
0: Whew. sacks yesterday, Nelson? Rashawn Gary or Khalil Mack? That's all I'm saying. Oh, you can't God. argue that, Gavin. I know you love your boy Rashawn Gary. More sacks and Khalil Mack. <laughs> How about other, that? Catch me outside, Gavin.
5: Every once in a while, Joe, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, my man. Did
0: you see Khalil
1: Mack go completely unblocked at Rodgers? What was that? The, was that the fourth quarter?
5: Yeah, I have not exactly sure what the tackle was doing on that play
1: <laughs> nothing that's what they're there doing there was no tackle <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was pretty bad i will say outside of that though i thought the offensive line was pretty awesome um all right guys so to, to the answer of the the question today one positive one negative the positive i don't i haven't heard this yet uh the return game
0: dude yeah wow diamond um, in the rough. Where is this guy Irvin?
5: How nice is it to see the guy actually go forward and, and we're not starting uh, inside the twenty yard line every time we get the ball. He was balling, man. It it was pretty funny too, Ebo. The one time he's not in there, Tremont Williams doesn't fair catch and just gets obliterated. obliterated. It should have been a fumble. Thank God they called a uh, catcher interference. I know. On it.
1: I was nervous about <laughs> that one.
5: Um I'll say the return game, guys. Um the the one negative, the obvious one is is obviously the fourth quarter. Um just the, the play calling it. It was very, very conservative. Um, I'll say the target distribution. So that's a little bit of a knock on Rodgers, maybe on the play calling. If I have to see them throw the ball to Jimmy Graham behind the line of scrimmage again, guys, I'm going to put my (laughs) head through a wall. I mean, I feel like there's, well, mainly two or three guys. I thought, I think Lazard should get a few more targets. Maybe Kummer gets three, four targets a game instead of just one. Um, And the big thing missing yesterday, guys, was Aaron Jones um, in space getting the ball in the passing game. I didn't see that at all. Um, so I, you know, anytime Allison gets a target, gets a throw, guys, I just a hold cringe. my breath. Even when he catches it, it feels like there's a fumble coming. Gavin, does
1: he look like a newborn fawn trying to run?
5: <laughs> or is that just not, me? That's not a bad analogy. And, uh, every time he throws it to Graham, guys, I mean, the guy's just, he's always covered. Um, I, I don't get it, but, uh, not a lot of weapons there. So, but anyway, like you were saying, Joe, yeah, um, Yes, the Bears were one lateral away to Allen Robinson at the end there from possibly tying that game up, which is just crazy. Um, but it's hard to win in the NFL. I know it's cliche. The Bears were winning, what, they won three or four or four or five. Um, they're not a bad team. So, you know, I'm going to take the win, guys. And like I said before, every game's a playoff game. This Minnesota game, guys, I was telling Nellie, this is like a playoff game. The Packers need that bye. They need that home game. It, this is huge coming up. So enjoy the win, guys. We'll move on to next week. Take care.
0: Thank you, Gavin. That sounds like a good McCarthyism yeah. right there. I mean, like, look. We, we, well done, Gavin. I, I, I was one chromosome away from being a woman. You know, there's a lot of luck in life. There's a lot of, uh, you know, how well, you, it plays out. You can still out. identify one right now if you want
1: to, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's 2000- it's 2019. 2019. You can do that. I he's done it for cheap
0: drinks before, right? Coulda shoulda woulda. I I can't live my life in the coulda shoulda woulda. Yeah, they could have done this. They could have done that. I could have not been divorced three times and been rich. So we all have our crosses (laughs) to bear. Bottom line is the Packers uh, are 11 and three and in the playoffs. And uh, that's what I'm focused on today. (laughs)